Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. Let's say our declaration. If you're new to us, we say this uh, usually every week. This is what God has really put in our heart for the year. Let's say it. You ready? I will constantly guard my heart and align it with God's holy word for everything I do flows from it. Amen. So let's, let's look at aligning our hearts with the word of God. So in this series uh, that we're in, today we're going to talk out of 2 Timothy uh, verses 1 through 5 of chapter 3. So if you want to go ahead and get to 2 Timothy chapter 3, we'll talk uh, from there just a little bit today. And we're in a series called The Best Question Ever. In this series, uh, we've actually been in it for a few weeks, but man, the, the uh, God for the last two weeks uh, just went a totally different direction, and I, so I haven't been able to, to bring this message to you. But in the series, the best question ever, the, the, the question really is, is it the wise thing to do in whatever in your marriage, in your business, in your finances, uh, in your personal world, in your private world where nobody sees but you and God, a lot of times we'll ask the question, is this the right thing to do? But sometimes the right thing, it's not that there's anything wrong with it, it's just, is it the wise thing to do right now? Is it the wise thing to buy that car, even though you can buy it? Is it the wise thing to do to get connected to this person, even though, uh, you know, they're, they're a nice person, they may not be a Christian, but is it the wise thing for you to do? And then the, the, the second uh, message in this series was, and what does God's word say about it? Because a lot of times, guys, I'm really telling you, right now there are a lot of things going on in our nation and, and hear me, if you are a parent, if you are a parent, and if you are a young person, can I just ask you to pay attention right here? What does God's word say about it? Because a lot of stuff in culture right now, there's a lot going on that people are buying into that they, they have not even thought about. Well, what does God's word say about this? And if you go to God's word, you'll see that a lot of things in culture right now that are being, for the lack of a better word, embraced and adopted into the norm are so far from God and what his word is. I'm telling you what, guys, it is alarming. You want me to say it again? You want me to say it longer? It is alarming at how many Christians embrace abortion. If God could peel back the skin on our heart and look at it today, there are people in this room that you are pro-abortion, you are pro-choice. I'm just being honest with you. It's alarming how many Christians are, are okay with that. But what does God's word say? It is amazing how many people, you know, they will get hooked up with somebody who is not a Christian. 
I'm dealing with that right now with several people that I know. That it's like, why would you even want to consider it? Because you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. You're going to get in the middle of this, and your body is going to be telling you, oh, yeah, baby, this is all, you know, feeling right. And you're going to start listening to your emotions and your feelings and your physical. You're going to start listening to that. But is that the wise thing to do? And what does God say about it? Like, I'm telling you, if we just go to the Word before we make major decisions, we would find out the answer. And you wouldn't have, be having to have coffee with your girlfriends or your guy friends and trying to get some wisdom on it. Because... What does God's word say about it? And I'm telling you, today, I just want to share with you this. Wise people have wise friends. Because God will speak to us through a lot of different ways. Holy Spirit will speak to us. The, the, the scripture will speak to us. And if you have wise friends, your wise friends will tell you wise things. Now, understand, I'm... I'm uh, qualifying friends as wise friends not your fun buddy not your go out and party with buddy not your drinking buddy not not those people if they're wise then those things probably wouldn't be happening anyway but wise people have wise friends and this is alarming alarming this is alarming it amazes me that so many people in the body of Christ, the majority of their friends are not friends that they worship with. I know some of y'all want to go like this. <laughs> oh, he just <laughs> gave me a right hook. No, I'm just saying that I have friends outside of Destiny Church, but the majority of my friends are a part of Destiny. If they're not a part of destiny, they're a part of another body of believers. Because I surround myself with that. Wise people have wise friends. I cannot tell you how many people that I know that the majority of their friends not only do not go to the house where they worship with, but they're not Christians at all. If you have the majority of your friends are not Christian, that are speaking into you, there's something wrong. You might want to reevaluate that. Real quickly, Facebook says that I have 857 friends. After I leave here today, I'm going to have 856 because I asked Marilyn this morning, Marilyn, did, I thought we were already friends on Facebook, and I got a friend request. I just want to make sure it's not one of those imposters and she said, no, it really was me. So after today, I'm going to have 858 friends on Facebook. But can I tell you, those people ain't my friends. I mean, there are people on there that I don't even know. There are people on there that I'll see some of their posts come up in my uh, feed, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, how'd that get on my feed? You know, I got to go check this person out. I'm like, how in the world did I ever friend these people, you know? And it's like, but... Here are a couple of things. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says this. It says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. 
In other words, you might be the good character and you might have good character, but you hang around some people with some impure character, not good character, bad company, sooner or later it's going to corrupt you. That's why I say, why even consider dating someone who is not a believer? Pastor Rife, I'm lonely. Well, you can go lay up with whoever you want to and get tied up, wrapped up, strongholded up and everything and then find out how bad that is. And sitting on that stool just a few moments ago when I was listening to the Lord and I heard the Lord say, hang on, Rife. And I said, Lord, it's hard to hang on. And he said, I'm not asking you to do something I haven't done myself or empowered you to do. Your faithfulness has made you whole. I'm telling you what, there are some people that your faithfulness, you're holding out, your faithfulness, you are remaining true, your faithfulness, you're staying true in the middle of a hellish situation. Your faithfulness is what's going to make you whole. You hang on. God's got something for you. Don't, don't settle for the devil's second best. As a matter of fact, don't even settle for the devil's best. Because it ain't nowhere near God's best for you. Hang on, folks. This is what my high school future business leaders of America teacher told me, Miss Shirley Williams. She said, Rife, if you'll show me your closest friends, I'll show you who you'll be in five years. That made an impact on my life. She said, if, if you show me your closest friends, I'll show you who you are in five years. Why? Because bad company corrupts good character. But good company, it fosters or helps or uh, encourages good character. And this is what I want you to understand, that wise people, they surround themselves with godly counsel. They surround themselves with godly people who are going to build them up. But here's the question, do you have wise friends and are you a wise friend? Those are really the two things that we need to ask ourselves. Am I a wise friend? Like the people that hang out with me, do they view me as a person of wisdom, a person of godly character, a person that can help shape them and uh, encourage them? And then have I surrounded myself with that? And so I'm going to ask a couple of my buddies to come to the stage. And Brian, when you come, pick up that mic right there on your way. But John, would you and Brian come? And we're just going to talk for just a few minutes about friendship and uh, how it impacts us uh, as, as men and or women of God. So, um, Brian and I have known each other since 1992. I don't know how many years that is. Yes, yeah, uh, on. Just try that's that. uh, almost 29 years. 29 It'll years. It'll be at the end of this year. Wow. So Brian and I uh, have known each other for 29, almost 30 years. Uh, we go way, way, way back. We met each other at church. And uh, I don't know how, but we just quickly became very good friends. And, uh, you know, so throughout our life, kind of describe to them, because they, they might think I'm lying about it. But you, yeah, you, um, you tell them how good of a friend I am. <laughs> um, my 
you know, this guy, well, we'll go there later. Uh, we've done a lot of fun stuff. Um, and the thing that I'm thinking about is the, the evening we were stripping up the uh, carpet in the uh, yeah. fact building at the old an, church. An old gymnasium with a, with at his our church, old church. With his truck. And uh, it was 2 in the morning. And these are experiences in relationship you go through. And this just popped in my head. There were some other guys working. And we were just taking that truck and making big strips in the gym, taking up this carpet, and we pull it out the side into the parking lot and dump it. Well, it was about 2 in the morning when this was going on. And I looked at him, he looked at me, and the other guys, and we were all thinking the same thing. He took off across the parking lot, and we were skiing on that carpet all around this big parking lot. Anyway, when uh, my wife and I got married, uh, we went to church. We selected a church. We knew that we needed to make God the center of our marriage. And uh, our first day at the church we attended after we got married, we met two couples. One was uh, Sheila and uh, her first husband, Barry, uh, that's passed away. And the other was Rife and Shay, who were 23 and 22, maybe. Four-ish, something like that. And uh, me and my wife were, I was 27, she was 26. And it started a long relationship. Uh, because we knew that we were looking for friendship and we needed good friends. We had friends. I had friends at my place at the fire department. And there are some good people at the fire department. There are Christian people at the fire department. But I'm telling you, that culture, and you probably have the same culture in your business or in your atmosphere that you're exposed to every day, it's like a bunch of overgrown children with no adult supervision. And uh, not everybody's a Christian. So we knew we needed that uh, influence, and that's what you brought into our life, you and Shay. And we've raised kids together. We've buried relatives together. Uh, we've cried together. We've laughed a lot. There's a lot of things that we've done. Mm -hmm. So, uh, One of the things that I remember way, way back, uh, we had this little thing that we just kind of nicknamed the lunch bunch because uh, we were all poor. And uh, starting out and whatnot. And you go out for lunch every, you know, Sunday after church uh, for a young couple. I mean, that's tough. And there were days we didn't have money to go out. And so, you know, we'd go out and, you know, you spend, I don't know, 30 bucks uh, on a meal at that time or whatever. Now it's like 50 bucks for lunch. At least. Uh, if you go out with my wife during the week, it's 80 bucks, you know. <laughs> but uh, she'd be picking those fine restaurants, you know. <laughs> I'm like, baby, can we go to Burger King every now and then? Um, but you deserve every bit of it, sweetheart. Um, but what we did, uh, because the kitchen table is so important, you know, Jesus right there with the disciples. But we did this thing where it's like, man, I'm spending 50, uh, 30, 30, 40 bucks uh, for lunch. You're spending it. Man, I could feed everybody in our little group. I could feed everybody for 30 bucks. And... You know, so we decided to do this little thing where it's like, we're going to come to my house this Sunday, and we'll go to your house next Sunday, and we'll go to your house the next Sunday, and we'll go to this other person's house. And we had about four or five couples that we just, we just did that with. And so it's like, you feed everybody when it's time to have it at your house, and, uh, and you, you spend 30 bucks or whatever for spaghetti, salad, whatever. Feeds everybody. At that time, uh, so, so your, your lunch budget decreases from you know $150 a month to $30 and at that time we found friendship 
uh, fellowship, man, just we grew so close during that time. And occasionally we would we'd invite other people. Well, one of the big things for us, my wife or myself, I know it's not proper English, um, either one of us are from Baldwin County. Now, I've been here since 87. He's from Greenville. She's from Greenville, Mississippi. But what we found, we found family. Mm -hmm. And they became family and uh, closer than some of my own family, my own, own family. And some of the toughest times in my life, um, I've been able to be supported by these guys because they were family. They, they've been family mm -hmm. to me. So when you eat around the table and you develop those relationships, you really know that you're engaging in friendship and relationship. When you can have a conversation that has totally no reference or anything to do with the business or with church per se, not to say that's a bad thing, but sometimes when you engage people and you, it automatically goes to some issue or some problem or some, mm -hmm. but when you can sit down and just talk about, like if I was uh, uh, meeting or talking or hanging out with somebody from the fire department and we talked about everything in the world except the fire department. Now, in our case, eventually those things would turn to, but it was more personal with us in relationship because iron sharpens iron, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where our passions lie. So people with like passions become family very quickly. You know, I'll say something about like just you being a wise friend. Uh, like we are so different, man. I'm the guy who papers the wall. You know, wallpaper's not in right now. But, I'm the guy that uh, slings a sledgehammer through yeah. the. <laughs> I'm I'm through the, the guy rock. who's paint, painting and papering the bathroom, and he's the guy out there, you know, in camouflage and deer garb and all that jazz. Uh, he's all into sports. I don't have a sportific bone in my body. I've tried. To We're teach so him different, rules, but but. but what drew us together was like just that that bond and there have been times i've called and i've asked brian you know like man i need some wisdom on this i need some advice on this and uh and he's there are times i remember one time i was uh calling asking you for some advice and you're like well you know i i'd hold off on that a little bit because he perceived in me that like my heart wasn't right my attitude i hadn't calmed down and, you know, and he's like, you, you probably just want to sit on that a little bit because if you, if you act on it, and really there's nothing, you know, necessarily bad here that you're, but, but right now your heart's not in the right place and you're going to mess this thing up. And I appreciate that you've been able to speak into my life like that, you know, give me wisdom when I've needed, needed it. And uh, you've never, ever sat me down. I don't guess I've given you a reason. You've never sat me down and said, hey, man, I, I need to talk to you, but you and I have this conversation frequently. It's like, hey, bro, if you see anything in my life that's out of line, please let me know. And uh, I appreciate that about you. I and appreciate you, bro. Because it's the same thing. It's a commonality. And one of the things is we teach paramedics and different things, people that come along that depend on each other. This applies in marriage. It applies in business. But it applies mm -hmm. in friendship that what is a partnership? Partners compensate for each other's weaknesses and they complement each other's strengths mm -hmm. so everything that he's telling you that i've done for him he's done for me 
the shoe was on the other foot. So that's just the way relationships work. Uh, another thing I'll say, and then we're going to uh, give it to Big John, uh, is um, this guy calls on me regularly, like uh, to check on me. And when I say call, it might be a text, but he checks on me regularly. And you need those kind of people in your life. And if you don't have them, uh, you know, uh, it, it comes through a true compassion and friendship and love for one another. But he will check on me regularly like, hey, man, um, I'm just checking in with you. How are you doing? And there are days I'm doing good and days I'm not doing good. And I, I appreciate that. Uh, you being one of those people for me. So I love you, buddy. Thank you for love being you, a wise Appreciate friend you. for me. Um, all right. So John, the reason I've got John here is because I don't really like him that much. But uh, <laughs> no, no, John, John, actually, I love him. And uh, and he's just got this infectious personality. If you don't know him, you get to know him very quickly and know that he's just a, he's just a person that I want to have in my world. And we don't hang out a lot or anything like that. You know, they've been, I've been in their home multiple times and, uh, and whatnot, and they always fix some really good food when we're there. Um, but he was telling me a story one time and I'm not going to tell it. I'm gonna let him tell it. Do you know where I'm going about your buddies? I do. Um, and, kind of a little different circumstance. I wasn't always walking with the Lord on my mind. And, uh, you know, it's funny we're talking about wise counsel because I didn't have a whole lot of that in my life. Um, but I did have two guys that really stuck out for me um, who started off as friends. And Brian talked about becoming brothers when you have a like mindset. And they became family to me, even closer than some of my family. And did they work with you? They did. They did. Both of them did. We didn't actually work in the same place mm -hmm. um, for our complete time, but we did work together at one point or yeah. another. Um, but they were they were guys that just poured into me constantly um, with with love and kindness and generosity. And uh, the one thing that really stood out was they held me accountable um, for what I did, not in a judgmental fashion, but they held me accountable. Um, if I did something that didn't align with what should be right, we all know what right, what right and wrong is. Sure. Um, you know, they, they talked to me about it. You know, it wasn't anything judgmental. I don't want you to think about that. But, you know, they did, they did speak with me about it and, and align me. Right. And so you, you were not a Christian, and then you had these two guys in your, your world, mm -hmm. right? That's correct. And you were telling me about the impact that, that they made on you. So they were Christians, is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. So, so, all right. So the reason I wanted him to be sharing this is, so you got a non-Christian guy and you got two Christian guys that, you know, have befriended this guy. And instead of him influencing them, you know, in going away from the Lord, you know, talk, talk about that because you told me that they were instrumental in you finding uh, the Lord. You know, there's not a really a whole lot to say there. You know, they were just, it was gentle nudges. Mm -hmm. It wasn't anything like, hey, you know, holier than thou art. You know, you got to read this and, and live that. Um, it was gentle. It was, it was a constant, um, gentle uh, a nudge, you know, guiding me to the right place. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm not mistaken, you showed me a text message or something that they sent you. Uh, but 
didn't they send you stuff occasionally, like encouraging type things or? Quite frequently they did. They sent me text messages, whether it was calls, whether it was just passing, you know, at work or whatever. It was, hey, man, you know, check this out. Hey, listen mm -hmm. to this. Well, what do you feel about that? You know, it was just the, the, the gentle nudges, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just, I do remember when, when we were talking that you said that these guys really made an impact on you. Uh, so here they are, they're in a relationship with a guy who's not a, a Christian and they're being gentle, they're being influential, uh, you know, they're not being the, you know, Bible thumping, beat him over the head kind of thing. And then here, he moves away from those guys and you're still friends with them in Florida, and they're still sending him encouraging things, right? And then, uh, lo and behold, you came to the Lord somewhere. I did, and, and it, was, it was a leap of faith on my part, um, and I knew with the love that those guys gave me throughout the years, being far away from our friends and our family, I wanted and needed uh, to to have a family that was close to us and you know I, I took the leap of faith and we came here and the minute we walked in the door I mean it was like family all over again and mm -hmm. it gave my family something uh, um, to cling to to latch on to to be surrounded by like-minded people who I wanted to be well that it, that's the coolest story that you know here's you got these guys they did not they did not quote see the the evidence or the fruit is probably the better word they didn't see the fruit of their labor uh so to speak while they were all together they planted a seed and look man that seed grew and then all of a sudden you know here they are part of our church family you know connected all kinds of stuff and we're reaping the benefit of those people's uh, encouragement in his life and I'm so uh, so thankful for that man and I'm, I'm super proud of you and your family and this is your church your first church really experience for your family right isn't that amazing I love that come on let's give these guys thank y'all so much um, so you know as as we're talking about uh, friends wise people have wise friends uh, if you don't have some wise friends that you're uh, putting around yourself, please begin to think about, you know, ask God, who can I have, God, in my family that, that is bringing this to me? Some of y'all in here, you're mature uh, in your relationships and you've got people in your world that have done that forever. A lot of you guys are young in here and, uh, and, and you haven't got that uh, all settled. And I will tell you this. If you're young in here, listen to me for just a second. Um, listen, don't put so much uh, emphasis on people you're going to high school with. You know how many people from high school I stay in touch with and hang out with? None. It's that that, that, uh, that is going to be a very small amount of people. doesn't mean that you won't, but what I'm saying is... There is a whole lot of people out there that you're going to come in contact with. And, uh, you know, uh, Brian Smith is closer as, as my family. Uh, and I have a friend that I was on the phone with the other day that I met in college. Uh, that his family and Shay and I are, are, you know, we feel like family. And I haven't talked to him in a long time. You pick up the phone, talk, Skype. 
and it feels like just yesterday that we were with them because they are people of wisdom that we've surrounded ourselves with. Let me go through this real quickly. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to try to do this quick so you guys can get out and get to lunch. But 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. I just want to read this to you. So Paul is talking to Timothy, and this is his second letter to Timothy, the young pastor at Ephesus that he placed there. And he said, Timothy, you should know this, that in the last days there are going to be very difficult times. Guys, I'm telling you, it's like we could be reading this for our time right now. He says there's going to be some difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Jesus, does that seem like today? They'll consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. How, how much in the world today people hate the truth. They absolutely hate the truth. They hate what is good. Verse 4, they will betray their friends. Jesus, I've been there. Be reckless, be puffed up with pride, love pleasures rather than God. They will act religious. They will reject the power that could, be, uh, that could make them godly. And this is the part that I want you to focus on. Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, stay away from those kind of people. But man, he don't know Shirley. She's the life of the party. I love Shirley. Man, she's crazy. Is she? Like, but how much do you let Shirley into your private world? You know what I'm saying? Like, God says, stay away from those kind of people. What does he mean? Stay away from them? No, he said, don't let those kind of people in your inner circle to where they begin to speak into your life. I cannot tell you how many people I've seen walk away from the faith because they let more people outside of the faith, inside of their circle of faith, and it capsized their faith. Let me say it again. They let more people outside of the faith into their circle of faith and it capsized their faith to where they just walked away from it. And God wants us to surround ourselves with godly people. Brandon, if you want to come play some stopping music, I'm going to go through these real quick. So look, these are the things that godly friends do for us. Number one, they sharpen us. Godly friends sharpen one another. Proverbs 27.17 says that as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. If you've ever seen somebody sharpening an axe or a knife, there will be little shavings of metal. There will be sparks that fly. And it means that in your relationships, it doesn't mean that always, you know, when you have someone in your relationship, uh, if Brian and I were being uh, 100% uh, transparent with you, I can't think of anything right now, but there have been times in our relationship where it's like, man, he's getting on my nerves right now, you know, or, or, or that's mostly him probably feeling about me, you know, but, but there have been times because it's, because it cut, why? Because he's sharpening me and sharpening is not always a pleasant feeling. But it needs to happen. And you need people around you that will tell you the truth and not tell you just what you want to hear. They support each other. 
especially during times of adversity. I'm telling you what, Shay and I found some news out in our family world uh, this past year. And I, it was the kind of news that overwhelms your senses. And I could not minister to my wife because I needed to go be by myself. And all I could, I needed to just go curl up in a fetal position and cry out to God tell him I was mad at him how could you let this happen and I needed to I needed to be with God and I can't minister to her but she needs somebody ministering to her And what did I do I picked up the phone and I called two people and I said this just happened I cannot minister to my wife but I can't abandon her either. I gotta go collect my thoughts. I've got to go get with God, but I can't leave her alone. Will you come? They dropped everything that was going. It was an emergency. It was as if somebody had died in my family. That bad, worse. That's what friends do for each other. They support each other in times of adversity. Proverbs 17, 17 says that a friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for this, is born for a time of adversity. I want you to look at these couple of statements. Prosperity breeds friendships. Everybody wants to be your friend when when you're on the top side. But adversity reveals friends. Isn't that powerful? I don't know who said it. But when everything is good, man, you got a bunch of friends. But adversity, the people who really are your friends are the people there when things are not going well. Look at this Swedish proverb. Friendship doubles our joy, but grief divides. Uh, and Sorry, friendship doubles our joy and divides our grief. Things are easier to bear when you've got somebody to be with you during adversity. You need those kinds of friends with you to celebrate with you, to build you up. Look at this. They also sacrifice for each other. And there's a version of Scripture. uh, There's a verse of Scripture, and it says, This is my command. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for his own friends. And you know what we typically think about laying down your life? What do we think about? Dying. But, dude, it's just sacrifice. Like, when I called those two friends to come to Shay, like, you know, one of them has a mom that is ailing and dealing with all kinds of physical things. And I'm like, I, 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 I hate to call you. But there are only a few people that we can call in a situation like that. I hate to call you, but I'm desperate. Can you lay down your life for Shay right now? I I know you got all this crazy other stuff going on in your world, but like Shay's dying. Can you lay your life down for her right now? And they did. And they were there just like that. Sometimes sacrificing 
we sacrifice with, for each other. We put ourselves on the back burner. We put our job on the back burner, our desires on the back burner. And then we speak the truth to each other in love. Like, is this not a time to be a jerk for Jesus? It's, it's, it doesn't mean that, you know. It means there are times where a friend will sit you down and they will say, hey, can I just share this with you? Like, uh, this, I, I have somebody that I'm going to speak some truth to in love. You're in this room, so get ready for it. But you and I are going to have a time this week, and I'm just going to speak some truth in love to you. And it's, it's nothing horrible. It's nothing bad. But it's like, hey, that's not God's best for you. And I love you, and I'm your friend, and I'm your pastor. And I just want to speak this to you in love. And so it's one of y'all, okay? <laughs> so y'all get ready for it. But that's what we do. And why would I do that? Pastor Ryan, why don't you want to go, you know, because it's not the best. It's not the best for them. There's a greater, there's a greater thing for you. And I want you to move on from this thing on to what God's got. And friends do that for one another because they love one another. So wise people have wise friends. Wise friends are going to help you not end up in the ditch. You know what I mean when, when I speak about the ditch, right? Anybody ever run off into a ditch? I know I have. I did it in the 12th grade, ran off into the ditch. Why? I wasn't paying attention. I couldn't get out of the ditch by myself. I needed somebody to come along and help me and pull me out of the ditch. Wise friends keep you from getting off in the ditch. So, Pastor Rife, how do I apply this? How do I activate the Word of God in my life? Well, number one, evaluate some of your friendships. I do this now, but I didn't always do it. You know, I didn't really think I needed it. You know, you got different friends at different classifications. You know, we all have that. We got, you're an acquaintance. This is my best, best, best buddy over here. Got several of those. Uh, you know, I know this person. You know, we work together or whatever. But evaluate your friendships, number one. Do this. Am I in this friendship to be a witness? Has God got me in this relationship to be a witness to this person? Is that my reason for being here is this friendship helping me be the best me like I had some friends that I found that every time I'm around these particular folks I found myself not being my best version I found myself being dishonorable and I found myself uh, using kind of the kind of talk that you know that that's not really even who I am but when I get around them, it kind of like drags me into it, you know. Uh, and like, is the friendship causing you to be the best version of you? Is there a mutual benefit in, in this relationship? Because there are times God calls you to be in a relationship for you to give or be a, a witness. But listen, in a true friendship, there ought to be some giving and taking. And sometimes all people want to do is take. And you got to figure out how long that's going to last and what your season with that person is. 
And I'm telling you what, there have been some people that they've taken from me. And when I got to the point of, I'm, you know, I'm just not going to give like I've been doing. Uh, as soon as I stopped that, I ain't here from those jokers anymore. Why? Because they were only in it for what they could get out of me. And then this last one's probably the hardest one of all. Should I end some relationships? Should I end some relationships? Guys, that's a hard one. Especially if you like people. But there's a situation that I was in. And uh, it's been since I've been a part of Destiny Church. It's actually, you know, a friendship of someone who actually came to Destiny Church. And uh, I would get with them and, you know, like... Again, I've already shared with you that friends ought to be able to sharpen one another and say things to one another and speak the truth in love. But with this particular person that called themselves my friend, and I actually consider them a friend, every time we would get together, it would always be negative. Always. It'd be negative about somebody in the church. It'd be negative about something that happened in service. It'd be negative about, you know... um, they, they literally told me, I think I alluded to this last week, they literally told me, like, there is no way God can move like that week after week. There's no way that God can do that. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I, you know, you know, okay, so you can, you, you tell God what to do now, you know, kind of thing. And what that, what that did is it placed us in this place where it became critical of critical of the songs, critical of this, critical of that, critical of this, and, you know, talking about this person, and I'm like, you know what, I really have have been intimidated by this relationship, because the, the devil does not care. The devil does not care. The Christians are the ones that are always so meek, and we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. The devil flat out don't care. He'll talk about your mama to you and just be all like that. And because they were like that, it intimidated me because it's like, hmm, they came off so strong. And everybody likes this person. Everybody likes this person. And this person is so generous. They're so generous. They help everybody out. What does the Bible say about treasure? Where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. What you value is what your heart begins to line up with. And when somebody begins to be generous to you, you will compromise your morals because of what that person's offering you. They did it to me. They would offer me incredible deals. And this is what I said, did. I will no longer compromise my character. I don't care what you try to do for me. I ain't selling my soul for mammon. I'm not letting my character uh, be stomped on for, you know, a little whatever. I'm just not going to do it. What did I have to do? I eventually had to, to say goodbye to that relationship. Why? Because whenever I would address it with the person, they would never relent. Oh, oh man, you know I was just playing. You know I was just playing. You know, No, there comes a point where 
you don't get to say, I was just playing. There comes a point where you don't get to just smooth over it really Because it's really showing the character of who you are. It's one of the hardest things that you'll ever have to do is to say goodbye to a relationship. But can I tell you, there's a peace that the enemy has blinded to you that will come your way when you begin to do what Paul says, which is stay away from those kind of people. This is the last thing I'll say, and I'm going to pray and we'll close. Don't let more people outside of the faith into your circle of faith that it capsizes your faith. Surround yourself with wise friends who are looking out for your best interests. 